أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله dear brothers and sisters and welcome to session number four of the a lesson per page Quran program Alhamdulillah we made it to page 17 in our last session we ended with page 16 and inshallah today we want to continue reciting and reading and learning from the Quran from page number 17. Page number 17 speaks about how jealousy destroys. Now, we all know that um, there are verses in the Quran that speak of jealousy. The famous one that says, Woman Sharri Hasidin Ida Hasad, you know, seek refuge in the one who is jealous when they let their jealousy get the best of them. Um, jealousy can really cause major issues. In this verse, it points out a specific instance of how jealousy, how far it can go with jealousy. And we want to talk about that a little bit. So let's read the Arabic uh, and translation first, and then we'll get to some of the pointers in regards to this page. The verse says, and this is verse number 109 of Surah Baqarah, it says, وَدَّ كَثِيرٌ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ لَوْ يَرُدُّونَكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ إِيمَانِكُمْ كُفَّارًا حَسَدًا مِنْ عِنْدِ أَنفُسِهِمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الْحَقِّ فَاعْفُوا وَاصْفَحُوا حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ Many of the people of the book are eager to turn you into unbelievers after your faith like after you have embraced Islam basically why why do they want to change you back to what you were before out of their inner jealousy and after the truth had become manifest to them you see once again the Quran is mentioning something that we talked about in previous sessions how these people knew the truth what it is this verse is also saying the same thing after the truth had become manifest to them. Yet excuse them and forbear until Allah issues His edict. Indeed, Allah has power over all things. Don't worry about it, whatever. Overlook what they're saying and doing. Leave them to themselves. Forbear. Be patient until Allah takes care of business. Okay, that's what the verse is telling the Prophet ﷺ to do. But there's a very, very important point here that is made regarding these people of the book and that is that they wanted the Muslims to turn away from their faith. Why? That's the question. It says, Hasadan min indi anfusihim Because of a jealousy they had inside of themselves. Wow! Is that a reason really? I mean, it's understandable, of course. These are people of the book. They were the big shots. They were in the spotlight. They were the important ones, the educated ones, because they had a divinely revealed book that was theirs. Right? And so it makes sense that if a prophet, a messiah, a messenger, a savior that they're waiting for comes to them but is not from them, is not one of them, that they're going to be upset about that, you know? They will take offense. Makes sense that they will be jealous of such a thing. Yeah, that the final prophet comes from these people, these Arabs, who all they're about is paganism and idolatry. 
How can it be even possible? But they know the truth. They know that this is a Prophet And this is the point where they have to make a decision and they make the wrong decision. But why? Because of jealousy. Because of jealousy. And so the people who have embraced the faith are Muslim now. These other people of the book, they wish that the Muslims would turn away from Islam. This is the textbook definition of jealousy and hasad. What is the, test, what is the textbook uh, definition of, uh, of hasad? That's a problem in Islam is when you wish that you had something someone else has, okay, but you also wish that that blessing or whatever it is that person has ceases for that person, doesn't exist for that person. That person loses it. So for example, if my friend or whoever has good looks, I can be jealous of them, but if I wish it, if I wish that they lose their beauty and I have it, that's a problem. Sometimes someone has something, someone has knowledge, for example, and you wish you had that knowledge. That's not jealousy from an Islamic perspective, the one that's problematic, according to what our scholars tell us. The hasad that's problematic is that I wish it for myself and I also wish that that person doesn't have it anymore. That's going to be a problem. Okay. Now whether it's haram or not is a different story to have that ideology or that mentality. What's for sure haram is that if that jealousy pushes you to the point that you do something about it practically, you steal what they have or you try to get rid of what they have, that's going to be a problem for sure. Now here, these people, they are not only upset that they, the Prophet didn't come from amongst them, but they're also wishing that the believers who now have the blessing of guidance turn away from that. Neglect it, put it aside, throw it away and are not Muslim anymore. All because of jealousy. So this was their test. A prophet comes to them with guidance, with the message. Are they going to embrace or are they going to let their tribalism get in their way and stir and bring about their jealousy? Yeah. And so jealousy really destroys everything. These people want, they're destroying themselves first of all. Because by not embracing the faith. And number two, not only are they not embracing the faith and destroying themselves, they want to destroy others as well. The Muslims who are Muslim, they're wishing that they're not Muslim either. So their akhirah also is destroyed. And so this jealousy is something that we need to work on. This is not something that is only for Bani Israel of the past or the Nasara of the past. No, no, no. This is for us today needs to be worked on. When I see traces of it in me, it shows that I probably need to either sometimes even get professional help. But aside from that, it's a sign that a person's iman is pretty weak. What do I mean by that? What is meant is that this person, other things and other people and what others have have become very important to this person. Maybe it's better to Think a little bit about how Allah has divided His blessings amongst mankind and understand that all of us will get our share of good and bad in this life. It's not like our, good, our share of good and bad is going to be identical with others' share of good and bad. 
one person will have a bigger house, a smaller car, one will have a smaller house, a bigger car, um, smaller car, bigger house, whatever it is. Some might have a, a bigger house and a bigger car, but then with their children they have problems. And so on and so forth. Everyone has their fair share. There's a hadith, one of our teachers said once, I really like this hadith that Imam Ali السلام, has said that Allah has divided up the hardship of life amongst the people equally. One person one day, another person another day. One person in one way, another person in another way. In the end, if you were to measure it, if you have a unit to, by which you can measure hardship, if you have a measuring stick by which you can measure hardship, in the end, according to this hadith, it'll all be equal. Okay, So we have to understand that. So there's no point in jealousy. Number one. Number two, if there's an akhirah and that's all that matters, okay, whatever, this person has this, that person has that, but I have to, I have, to have that ukhrawi, Quranic perspective in life. Or else this stuff will get to me eventually. Another thing is, the more I am obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more these bad, negative, akhlaqi traits that I have will start to diminish. The more I obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more I obey Allah, the more the nur of Allah settles in my heart. Versus someone who has a sloppy wajib and haram diet, so to speak. Wajib and haram way of life, so to speak. Where it doesn't really matter. I mean, they'll they'll go by the wajib and haram sometimes, they might not. This person, for them, Allah isn't the most important thing in their heart anymore. As a result, they will look around now, left and right, notice things that people have that they don't have more and more. It seems that there's a whole combination of things that one needs to do, a lot of thinking, a lot of re re reading and reciting of Qur'an and hadiths, and a lot of action and obedience of Allah so that these types of negative traits slowly are uprooted within us, inshallah. Or else it's just going to be us and these same thing, see, these same negative traits for the longest time. When I turn 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, I might still have and might still struggle with the same radha'il akhlaqiyya, they call it, negative akhlaqi traits that someone who's in their 20s might be struggling with. We really, uh, we really ask Allah to help us with that. Page number 18 of the Holy Qur'an, no one gets special treatment. I love this. There are people out there who are always expecting special treatment, a special experience, a special spiritual experience, so that they feel like, okay, I'm on the right path, I'm on the right track. God has a special, uh, He's looking at me in a special way and all of that. Habibi, Allah is looking at every, us, every one of us in a special way. But there's a story behind this. The people of different prophets, they would have a certain expectation of God and His prophets, which you can tell that expectation shows that they felt like there's something special about them. There is nothing, there is nothing special about you. We are like everybody else, and the guidance Allah will send us is not going to be any different. So let's uh, read this verse and then get into some of the details. This is verse number 118 of Surah Baqarah on page 18. It says, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ لَوْ لَا يُكَلِّمُنَ اللَّهِ أَوْ تَأْتِينَا آيَةِ 
كذلك قال الذين من قبلهم مثل قولهم تشابهت قلوبهم قد بينا الآيات لقوم يوقنون Those who have no knowledge say Why does not Allah speak to us, you know, directly? Or does not come to us a sign, like send me a special sign, O Allah? Those who were before them said words similar to what they say. So it's not just you, O Prophet Muhammad This was the case from before as well. Alike are their hearts. They have the same hearts that the people before did. The same stuff that was going on in their hearts is happening in these people's hearts too. We have certainly made the signs clear for a people who have certainty. This is important. We've done our job in other words. What's going on here? Well, what's going on here is that people are always looking for something special to happen. I need to see an angel. I need to get a special feeling. I need to, when I'm doing Salat, to reach a point where I feel God. Well, have you obeyed God for 20, 30, 40 years of your life? To deserve such a thing? Not necessarily. Is this the case always that we have to do 30-40 years of obedience? No, I'm not saying that either. Allah will bless whoever He wants. But at the end of the day, brothers and sisters, this life isn't for us to come in and to see strange things to make us stronger in our beliefs. No, it's not like that. We are not the center of the universe as people might have thought in the past. The people of the times of the Prophets they felt like they're the center of the universe as if they're the chosen ones. And so like if God is going to send signs through a prophet, that's not enough. Either God has to speak to me directly, or why is God speaking through a prophet to us? Or why is He sending signs down through that prophet? Send me a sign down directly. There are other verses in the Quran might say that there were people who say who would say, why doesn't God send a book down to me directly? Like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I want you to pay attention to this now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had a purpose in creation and that was for us to make it to Jannah. To make it to Him. He is the destination. All right. He gave us the tools and intellect needed for that and showed us the way and convinced us through His signs and His prophets that this, that this is the way and this is my prophet. And this is my holy book, for example. He did what he needed to do. If he does any more than that, it's a little too extra and the rewards for us will be less. If he's going to speak to all of us directly. No, no, that is part of the test actually. If you know God has chosen this person and that he wants you to follow this person, then what other excuse do you have? Oh, no, no, he has to do something special for me. This is the result of ignorance as a matter of fact. God will only show you enough to convince you that a certain person is a prophet. We've done our job. We have certainly made the signs clear for a people who have certainty. In other words, for people who are willing to, who are looking for the truth. If you're looking for the truth, if you're a person who can have certainty, this is enough for you to have certainty. That's, it's, it's done. This is, that's enough for you and the rest is going to be a test for you. There's nothing special about me or you or so-and-so who's living during the time of a prophet for them to expect that God has to do something special. No, you are special in the fact that God created you 
and God sent a prophet to you and showed you the way and gave you the means to, tra to traverse the path that the prophet lays in front of you and before you. That is enough. That's enough for me to feel special. The rest is my nafs, it's my ego, it's my arrogance, it's my ignorance getting the best of me. And so we have to be careful. In this day and age even sometimes there are people who it reaches a point where they're like, you know, God has to just show me a sign. Okay, like inshallah He will, but what if He doesn't? What if that's part of your test? Is that going to be enough for you to turn away from your faith? Is that going to be enough for you to, uh, for, your, for, your faith, for your faith to weaken or something? If that's the case, then we got, we got a lot of work to do. And so once again, we seek refuge in Allah from that. Page number 19 is a very, very important, very important verse of the Qur'an and story in the Qur'an. And that is the story of Ibrahim salam. But which one am I talking about here? I am speaking of that story of him becoming an Imam after being a prophet. So the title of this lesson is Ibrahim salam. First a prophet, then an imam. What's going on here? Well, brothers and sisters, and of course the Shi'i school of thought really, really uh, likes this verse. Let's, uh, let's say it like that. And we have hadith also that make mention and cite this verse. This is verse number 124 of Surah Baqarah. What's going on here before we read it? I just want to give you a little intro to this whole discussion. This is a verse that speaks of Prophet Ibrahim salam becoming an Imam after undergoing and passing a lot of tests by Allah. And once he passes those tests as a Prophet, Allah now gives him the Medal of Honor of being an Imam. So let's talk about that. It says, وَإِذْ ابْتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبُّهُ Verse number 124 of Surah Baqarah says, وَإِذْ ابْتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنَّ قَالَ إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا قَالَ وَمِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِي قَالَ لَا يَنَالُ عَهْدِ الظَّالِمِينَ And when his Lord tested Ibrahim with certain words, and of course these words here, um, the Mufassirin have explained these words are tests by God. And of course these tests came to him in the form of, of words. And when his Lord tested Ibrahim with certain words and he fulfilled them, he lived up to the tests. He said, I am making you the Imam of the people. Said he, and from my descendants, what about my descendants? This is some cool stuff that's happening. What about my descendants? Will they also benefit from this? He said, my pledge does not extend to the Zalimeen, which here has been translated to the unjust. Now we need to talk about that, inshallah. So this is a huge deal because when we look at it at face value, Prophet Ibrahim didn't deserve this rank until he passed these tests of Allah. This is one of the most important verses when it comes to the imamat, um, when it comes to imamat in the Quran. It shows it's not just some normal stage or rank or station that you're at. No, 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 no. You have to deserve it. It's after you fulfill tests 
And if I remember correctly, there is a narration by Ibn Abbas where he says there was about 20-something tests that Prophet Ibrahim had to pass. Some of which are the ones that the Qur'an speaks of, like him being flung into that huge fire because he broke the idols and he spoke up against the, the idol, idolatry and the idols of that time. Another one of, te- of his tests is him being expelled from his home and having to leave Babylon. Yeah, he had a life there. He had it going for himself there, but he had to leave. They had to. They got rid of him, and so that migration he makes um, from there uh, to from uh, from there. He has to leave his home from there, and so tests like these, where he, in which he, I mean, he, the Quran quotes him saying, "Inni muhajirun ila Rabbi." This is this migration that I'm making is a migration to my Lord. But he wasn't dying. He was just leaving his home and the city that was his home. And so these were all tests. The slaughter of Ismail, yes, that was one of the biggest tests after a long period of time of not having children and he is afraid that he won't have someone to succeed him. Allah blesses him with Ismail, but then he ha- then the command comes, you have, to, you have to slaughter Ismail. These were all tests that he passed. So it shows that this imamah is not a normal thing. And this is where Mufassirin ask the question. Mufassirin like Allama Tabatabai, they, they start their little journey here with this verse of Imamah in the Qur'an. They ask a question. They say, wait a minute here. What does it mean to be an Imam after being a Prophet anyway? And so some will answer, oh it means that you can, you're actually going to lead the people now. Well, excuse me, weren't you leading the people as a Prophet before? Isn't that what Prophets do? I mean, come on, like when Prophet Ibrahim is amongst the people calling to God and they have to expel him as a result, or he has to leave as a result because he sees that there's no point anymore. Well, isn't he leading the people anyway? Or when he is calling out the idols, or when he's arguing with somebody and saying that, like these things that you're worshipping, I can't worship them because, you know, for example, the sun will set, the moon sets. These are things, that, these are weaknesses. My God isn't a weak God. Isn't this, isn't this being amongst the people and leading the people? What does it mean to be an imam after being a prophet? Because prophets do the same thing. If you're going to say it's all about leading the masses, that's what they're doing anyway. So what is it here? There is something special that has been added to Prophet Ibrahim. And brothers and sisters, this itself is like a series of talks that you can have only on this verse. But we don't, of course, we're not going to get into that. But this is where Allama Tabatabai and the likes of him, they start this whole discussion of Imamah in the Qur'an and it reaches a point where this Imamah is passed down to the descendants of Ibrahim because Ibrahim asked, what about my descendants? Because he saw that this is a very nice spiritual rank that he has been granted and so he wants it for his descendants as well. Allah said, I'm not going to give it to the Zalimeen of your descendants, which implies that the those who are not Zalimeen of the descendants of Ibrahim السلام, were also enjoying this Imamah. They had this Imamah. But the whole question now is what does Zalimeen here mean? In the translation it said the unjust. But in a nutshell, let me explain, brothers and sisters, that Zalimeen here, the Mufassirin have explained, means any sin in any time. 
In other words, the ma'asumin, the infallible ones of the descendants of Ibrahim, whether it's Ismail, whether it's Ishaq, all the way down to Yaqub, Yusuf, all of these, all the way down to Muhammad all of them have this Imam as well. Some of them might be prophets too, some of them might not be prophets. This Imam continues, and we as the Shia believe, continues after the Holy Prophet to the Ahl, some of the Ahlul Bayt, namely the 12 Imams and the Ma'sumin of the Ahlul Bayt. Yeah, we believe this all the way till the 12th Imam, who is the, is the one carrying this Imam till today. Yes, this is something that is um, not accepted by all Muslims, of course. Uh, some will find it harder to use this verse to, um, to understand Imamah from it. But all in all, this is one of those key verses of the Holy Qur'an that gives us this idea of Imamah. Although as Shia, we have to understand, just because this verse is speaking of this imamah that comes after prophethood, right? We have to accept the, uh, this understanding and this idea and notion that, look, just because I'm getting imamah out of it in the way I want, doesn't mean necessarily everyone who is non-Shia has to also understand my imamah from it. And as a result, if they don't, that means they have a sickness in their heart, astaghfirullah, and so on. No, 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 no. We have to be fair. At the end of the day, the verse is being subtle and is not going to be directly saying it the way we, we believe it. But with the help of tafsir and other verses that are brought together with this verse, it really paints a nice picture of what this imama is all about. Okay, let's move on to page number 20 now of the Holy Qur'an. Foolishness is to take the wrong role model in life. There are some things that really matter to us, okay? And so we will always have a role model in regards to that which is important to us. Someone who has achieved that which for us is a big deal and is successful in that regard, we will take them usually as our role model, as the example we're supposed to follow. And so it is f utter foolishness if I'm going to follow someone else who is not successful in that which is important to me. Now the question is, as a believer, as a believer, as a Muslim, what is the most important thing that should be in my mind? It is the success in the Akhirah. So my real role models should be those who are the most successful when it comes to the Akhirah. So let's talk about that a little bit because some people they just, they're just not getting their priorities right. And they unfortunately don't have the right role models. Verse number 130 of Surah Baqarah on page, eight, uh, on page 20, excuse me, uh, speaks of the creed of Ibrahim. It says, وَمَنْ يَرْغَبُوا عَمْ مِلَّةِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ إِلَّا مَنْ سَفِهَا نَفْسَهُ وَلَقَدْ اصْطَفَيْنَاهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَإِنَّهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ لَمِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ and who will ever renounce Ibrahim's creed or you know, turn away from Ibrahim's creed or not be interested? I would say the best way to say it is not be interested in something. 
who will ever not be interested in Ibrahim's creed except the one who has been foolish to themselves? We certainly chose him in the present world, in the dunya, and in the hereafter he will indeed be among the righteous. What matters to you? What matters to you? Is it akhirah or not? If what matters to you is akhirah, then you are very foolish to take someone else as your role model. Let me give some context to this. Someone else other than Prophet Ibrahim. Let me give some context to this verse first, okay? During the Prophet's time, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of talk. The Christians were saying one thing. The Jews were saying one thing. The Muslims were saying one thing. The people of the book, they had different things to say. There was one person that was accepted by all. Everyone looked up to. That was Prophet Ibrahim Okay? So this is a person that everyone looks up to. The Prophet points out something here. He says to the people, he says, look, what was Prophet Ibrahim's creed? Prophet Ibrahim's creed was submission to God and His will. That's what it was. Because back in the time of the Prophet, people, and we'll get to other verses that speak of this as well, people were making a big deal of, oh, Christian, Jew, Muslim, this, that. The Prophet reminded the people, look, at the end of the day, it's all about submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One day he wants you to be Jewish, you have to be Jewish during the, Prophet's, the Prophet Musa's time. One day he wants you to be Christian during the time of Isa salam. One day he wants you to be Muslim. Okay? So submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you're not interested in the creed of Ibrahim, who is before Prophet Musa, Isa, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, if you're not interested in that, which is submission to God, you got a big problem. You are being foolish. And you're hurting yourself only. You're not hurting Prophet Musa, Prophet Isa, Prophet Muhammad you're hurting yourself. So the foolish one is the one who turns away from the one who is supposed to be his role model. Why? Because What matters for you? If what matters for you in this dunya is to be chosen by Allah, to be one that Allah loves, Allah says, I chose him in the dunya. So we're set when it comes to the dunya. Okay? When it comes to Prophet Ibrahim, having the best of dunya is there, which is what? Which is God being happy with him to the point that he chooses him as his Prophet. So success there. What about the akhirah? Because that's the most important thing for us as Muslims, right? Or for us as people of the book, right? The hereafter. Well, when it comes to the Akhirah, he's also a success story. In the hereafter, he will indeed be among the righteous. This is a success story for dunya and Akhirah. So this should be your role model. But then you're going left and right? Well, this is a problem. You're being foolish. You have to have the right role model. Unless you haven't figured out the priorities for yourself. Unless you're confused about this, this, this matter of the fact that the Akhirah is the most important thing for me. If that's the case, then okay, we have a problem. But if that's not the case and you know the Akhirah and God's satisfaction in this life are the priority, then you must be foolish if you're going to take anyone else as 
your uh, role model. Now someone might say, no, I want Prophet Muhammad to be my role model. No, no, that's true. Of course we know that. But as I said, this is a time where there's a lot of talk about different things. The Prophet says, hey, let's, let's take a step back and let's look at the creed of Ibrahim that we all agree on. What was his creed? His creed was submission to Allah. We see it throughout his life, all the tests that he went through, right? So that is the creed of Ibrahim that we all love and we all accept, submission. And he is the role model because he was the success story in this life and the hereafter. That's what we're after, right? So let's follow him. And now in this day and age of Prophet Muhammad Allah wants Islam for you, so you have to submit. Or else you're being foolish because that's your role model. He is all about submission. You know what it's like? I, I'm going to use a, an example here. Like, Who do the kids look up to now, for example, in sports? Right? Those of you who know. One of the people that they might look up, although... Um, People have, you know, people are fans of different athletes, but let's just talk about NBA, right? Let's say there's a kid who wants to be successful in the NBA. Like that's his goal in life, uh, to be uh, a superstar in the NBA, all right? I'm not encouraging that necessarily, I'm just using this as an example. All right, this kid, who is he supposed to take a role model right now in the year 2021, for example, let's say? Is he going to just take some random NBA player that is no good, not, doesn't have good stats, doesn't have, or is he going to take somebody who not only has good stats, but like is well is all around successful in everything? Let's breaking records left and right. Stats are way up there. He has his own sneaker. He's in all these commercials. He's won NBA championships. He's referred to the king right now in the NBA, like let's say LeBron James, for example, right? <laughs> he has his own movie now, or whatever, right? He is successful in all these, he's, he has charities, he's doing charity work, he's helping the needy, he's building schools, all that stuff. He's, he's one of the best players in the world right now. That will be your role model. If you take anyone else other than him or anyone like him, then you're being foolish. Who takes a loser as their role model? Who takes other than the best as their role model? So this verse is pointing out something very, very clear to us. But it's just that sometimes we need to be shaken a little bit or reminded of things that we all know of. And so here, the Qur'an is reminding the people of the Prophet's time, how are you going to be so foolish? But it also relates to us today. That there are things that we know of for sure, yet still we sometimes might slack off or just be negligent of them. We need to be reminded. Let's move on to page number 21. Page number 21 speaks of the color of Allah. And I'm going to say that this is somewhat a continuation of what we talked about in our previous page, page 20. Page 21 brings up a very important uh, verse of the Qur'an that is used a lot in the uh, in the words of the scholars. And that is this term of the color of Allah. Okay, What is this talking about here? We'll talk about that, but let's, let's recite the verse first and then we'll talk about it. Verse number 138 on page 21, 138 of Surah Baqarah, says, Sibghatallahi wa man ahsanu min Allahi sibgha wa nahnu lahu 
seek the color of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And which color is better than that of Allah's? And Him do we worship. So someone here might say, wait, wait a minute, or some of the kids who might be watching, they'd be like, oh, God has a color? No, 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 that's not what's happening here. Let, let me explain. <laughs> God has no color because God is not, doesn't have matter and is not a material being. So He won't have color. So what is it talking about here when it says, the color of Allah. Seek the color of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To understand that we'll have to you know, give it some context. Similar to the context that I had uh, given you on page 20. Look, the Jews, the Christians, the people of the book, they kept saying that, you know, telling the Muslims that, look, you need to be Christian, you need to be Jewish. That's what the verse 135 actually on page 21 tells us. وَقَالُوا كُونُوا هُودًا أَوْ نَصَارَى تَهْتَدُوا Be Jewish, be Christian, and that way you will have guidance, you'll be guided. In other words, if you're Muslim, that's not going to help you. So the Jews are telling the Muslims, you have to be Jewish to be guided. The Christians are telling the Muslims, you have to be Christian to be guided. The Qur'an tells the Holy Prophet ﷺ, tell the people, قُلْ بَلْ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ No, 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 no. We're going to follow Ibrahim السلام, Back then, they were taking advantage of the fact that they were the followers of Prophet Musa السلام, or Prophet Isa السلام, the Jews and Christians. They were taking advantage of this. Of course, in Islam, of course, the Holy Prophet وآله, we believe that Prophet Musa is to be followed, Prophet Isa السلام, is supposed to be followed. Of course, we believe in them. The thing is, the Jews and the Christians of that time, they were using these names in their favor. They were taking advantage of these names, right? And so the Prophet is going to remind them, and is going to remind them, as we covered in the previous page, that look, we're, talk we, we, we're interested in the submission of Prophet Ibrahim. We're not going to get caught up in this color or that color, as if Judaism is a color, Christianity is another has its own color and they're trying to paint us with these different colors. No, 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 no. We are all about the color of Allah Himself and submission to Allah. Right? So if let's say pink is the color of, or I don't know, let's just say green is the color of Judaism and um, whatever, brown is the color of Christianity or something, we're not interested in these colors. What co well, what color do you want? We want the color of Allah, whatever that color is. Sibratallah is what we're after. We want to be all about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I can, if, if, if I'm going to be honest with you, brothers and sisters, this is one of the verses of the Quran that you can say is the underlying theme and overall message of the Quran in, in its entirety. Sibratallah wa man ahsanu min Allahi sibra. Which color is better than that of Allah's color? In other words, have Allah written all over you. Don't get caught up in all this multiplicity of Christian Jew, even Muslim. Muslim, yes, we're Muslim because we have to be. In other words, we are Muslim because Allah wants us to be Muslim. Or else if we were living during the time of Prophet Isa, we would be Christian. And if we were living in the time of Prophet Musa, we'd be Jewish. Why? Because that is... Allah's color in that time. In the end, it's all about 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is, you know, as I've said again and again, I have a lot of favorite verses, but this is one of my favorite <laughs> verses in the Holy Quran. It's beautiful. And there, people will reach this point once they continue the path of Allah and they continue the obedience of Allah. The love of Allah will, will settle in their hearts to the point that it's all about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All right, let's uh, move on to page number 22. Page number 22 is speaking about the Qibla change, the change in Qibla from Jerusalem to Mecca. There is a lesson to take from this, but before it, I just want to say that the people during the time of the Holy Prophet, they were praying towards Jerusalem for 13 years during the time they were in Mecca. And for a few months, when they moved to Medina and they migrated to Medina, okay? And so there are things that came up, there's some drama that came up as a result of this change in the Qibla. A little bit after they went to Medina, the order came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to turn from Jerusalem and praying towards Jerusalem to Mecca. So we're going to get into that drama. But first, let's recite the verse. Verse number 142 of Surah Baqarah. The foolish among the people will say, What has turned them away from the Qibla they were following? Say to Allah belong the East and the West. He guides whomever He wishes to a straight path. Alright, so as I said, the Muslims, they've been praying forever towards Jerusalem. When they're in Mecca, they're paying, praying towards uh, Jerusalem and Baytul Maqdis. Or some say Baytul Muqaddis. And then when they come to Medina, the Jews of Medina were using this as an excuse to point out how the religion of Islam is not an original one, it's not a genuine one. It's made up. Why? Because look, they're using the same Qibla that we have anyway. They're just copying off of us. And this was very heavy on the heart of the Holy Prophet. And verses tell us that he would go out, he would look into the sky, waiting for Allah to send revelation in regards to the Qibla. Allah knows that the Prophet is upset about this. And the time eventually came. A few months into their transition from Mecca to Medina, uh, the transition of the Muslims, verse, the verses came down, or the orders came down from Allah to change their Qibla. And so they changed their Qibla. Those of you who've been to uh, uh, Hajj or Umrah, you've seen the masjid uh, that has uh, it's called the uh, Qiblatain, the Masjid of Two Qiblas. Anyway, so these uh, the Yahud of the time of the Prophet, that excuse they had to call out the Prophet, that uh, reason they had to to say that the Prophet, his religion is a made-up religion and it's just copying off of other religions, that excuse was gone. So what do they do now? They started causing uh, other issues and problems. So what do they say to the people? 
they said to the people, to the Muslims, they're like, okay, wait a minute. If the first Qibla was right, then why the change? And if it was the wrong Qibla and had to change, that means you guys have been doing it wrong for 13 plus years. Ha ha. You know, that kind of thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just washes it all away with this verse and similar verses like this one. That look, Baytul Maqdis, Jerusalem, Masjid al-Haram, Mecca, Kaaba, all of these belong to Allah. The east and west, everything between it, everything belongs to Allah. You all, you all be tripping. <laughs> what matters is, is to be submitted to Him. That's what matters. Till now, Allah told us to pray in this direction. From here on, He wants us to pray in another direction. Who are you to tell us to do anything else or to question it? Allah's, Allah is sovereign. He, he can do whatever He likes. Everything belongs to Him. So, really that left no argument for these people. That you guys, as a matter of fact, you're the problem. Because you are bringing Allah down such that it's as if Allah has a place and you guys were getting it wrong for 13 years. Apparently he was in Masjid al-Haram and now you have to change and, and, and point your and put the direction of your Qibla in there as if you know now you're praying towards him. Oh, we were wrong for 13 years. Or if he was in Jerusalem, you're praying there, you were right, now you're wrong and changing. No, no, this shows that this is utter foolishness and ignorance on your part. And that's why the verse said what? It said, The foolish among the people are going to make such a, uh, are going to call something like this out and are going to say such things and utter such nonsense. You are limiting God to a place? No, 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 no. In the end, it's all about being submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So once again, that same theme that we had in the previous page, which said, the color of Allah is showing itself here again. It's all about submission to Allah. One day Allah wants this, another day Allah wants that. At the end of the day, I know that this is what Allah wants. He knows what He's doing. That's it, finished. I will ask questions maybe, but I will never question God. And this is a lesson we had on page number six, if you remember. The angels didn't get in trouble, but shaitan did get in trouble. Why? Because the angels asked a question Shaytan questioned God and his authority and his decision and that's what got him in deep trouble. And so here we see that these people are making the same mistakes. So we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from such mistakes. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allahumma nawwir qulubana bil Qur'an wa zayyin akhlaqana bil Qur'an wa najjina minan nari bil Qur'an wa idkhilna al-jannata bil Qur'an اللهم اجعل القرآن لنا في الدنيا قرينا وفي القبر مونسا وعلى الصراط نورا وفي الجنة رفيقا ومن النار سترا وحجابا وإلى الخيرات كلها دليلا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته